3, Episode 2, Chapter 37, Fortune and Men's Eyes. After a gruesome discovery is made in the forest, Jughead and Betty team up to investigate Riverdale's latest mystery. What's going on, Bulldogs? Hey, everybody. We're back for 302. Yes, I got it right. It's my 302 prediction. This is not a prediction I want you to have gotten right. It's so lame, but I it counts, so I'm taking it. You got to recap that recap. Ben and Dilton played a game. Then they were found dying in the woods. Veronica's pissed at Daddy. Polly wants to start the farm. Alice and Polly drop babies in a fire. Betty has a seizure and Archie's going to juvie. So we start off at juvie with boys taking off their clothes. God, it's not fucking Shawshank Redemption. It's not. I mean, like, they all pull down their clothes. They search their mouths. They're being hosed down and they're being deloused. It's just kind of gross. This is not how you process prisoners anymore. Like, at, if at any point you were actually going to buy into some realism from this show, just do it then. Just process them like normal. You want to make the gangs involved in the prison? Fine. But it's not a 1940s prison in a 2000s town. The whole prison aspect of the story is so badly done. So Archie goes to meet the warden. We see the sh- the Shakespeare quote that includes fortune in men's eyes. So we get that reference. And, you know, the warden is just like, you know, he references the quote. And says, you know, it means you're alone. You have no one to blame but yourself. And then he's just like, I heard you have an affinity for music. We have a music room, but nobody uses it. And I keep an orderly house. And Archie's just like, uh, yes, sir. It's so gross. It's just so gross. It starts gross, and it gets way worse. And they totally cast that guy to look exactly like the warden from Shawshank. Which, I mean, they have reference. They, they Shank Shaw Prison is where FP was. <laughs> so it's not unwarranted, but it's still bad. I guess what I don't understand is why are they treated like this, but we've seen Shank Shaw, and Shank Shaw seems like just a normal prison. It's it just... doesn't make any fucking sense whatsoever. Yeah, this show's weird. Uh, we head over to Pops for the Hot Dads of Riverdale meeting that's going on. So we've got Fred, Tom, and FP. Fred tells everyone I got off with the warden. Archie's been processed. He's there. Veronica's serving them. She's like, oh my god, thank god. We're just gonna have to get him out as soon as possible. Why is she there? I mean, I know why she's there, but why is really she? really barfy lines like, meanwhile, I'll keep the home fires burning at Riverdale High so everyone knows my Archiekins will be back in time for homecoming and everything will be just as he left it. Like, even the adults look at her like, you're so fucking stupid. Well, I... I can't excuse, I'm borderline close to wanting to throw this show off the edge of a cliff because of this episode. No, it's just this aspect because everything other than the prison was interesting. Not perfect, but interesting. But that's half the fucking show right now. Like, that's a problem for me. I'd say it's like... It's split right down the middle of the prison. It's not quite half. It's not quite half. I'm trying to decide like what the pie the pie split is two-fifths three-fifths maybe two-fifths 60 40 split but even then this is half of the subplot and your main main character is the lead of the storyline all right next we go over to the cooper household and we get strung out betty Uh, (laughs) she is just looks so hung over to be fair She's hung over on having a fucking seizure. Yeah, she's 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 back from the hospital. We find out in this scene that Dr. Patel ran tests. They didn't know exactly what was going on. But, you know, Betty's there and, you know, Polly's there to uh, offer up her concerns. Like, me and the twins were up all night. But it's like, are the twins okay? Because I saw you throw them in the fire. And they're like, um, no, we just had friends over for hibachi and we burned some of my stuff. Uh, so, yeah, I think you are right that they burned things, but I don't think they burned her diaries. They burned some Alice's stuff. But the seizure for sure has something to do with those people. I don't doubt that at all. It might it might have something to do with the uh, gargoyle king. Eh, maybe. You gotta wait and see. Polly, I think it's Polly. Says, you must have had a hallucination with your seizure, and Betty's like, it was, re- it was very real. She gets a call from Jughead, and we cut right over to the blue and gold. Dilton's dead. Yes. I'm so sad. I want Dilton to be dead. Well. That was a waste. Maybe he's, I'm also, I'm going to go with the horror theory, horror film rules. If you don't see them dead, you don't know if they're actually dead. 
But does that mean we're going to get undead Dilton? I don't know. They are going to ascend. Anything is possible right now. For all I know, he could be in a different bunker. Ben's barely hanging on. Sheriff Mineta wants to keep things hush-hush. And and so Jughead's talking, and he's explaining. He goes, like, but what did we see? This was a ritual. Their lips were blue. Those chalices had to poison. Animal bones. Like, there's this winged totem with skulls and branches. And I love Cole in this scene. He's really great in this episode. But this scene, he's doing all the work. It's almost like he's very physically doing all of the mental trying to piece things together. And I like it because it's something we haven't seen from him on this show before. See, I think this is total bullshit exposition. And thank you, Jug, for the entire recap of what we saw last episode. Yes, but we saw it. Nobody else did. Ah, this show insults my intelligence so often that any time it gets suddenly close to exposition, it just makes me mad. Okay, but nobody else has been explained that. And also, what he saw was weird. I I couldn't divorce myself in that moment from all the other times they've sledgehammered me. And so all it read to me was, great, another stupid exposition bit. I think you're right. You can totally read it as Jughead doing the mental gymnastics. I mean, he even he takes off his hat. Which is, I know I've previously posited that, oh, he's showing vulnerability, but now we're at a place with him and Betty are in this very serious relationship. That's not so much a sign of vulnerability, but uh, comfort. He does it. That's not his security blanket in this moment. It's just, I have to scratch my head. There is a vulnerability, but it's a different kind of vulnerability in that I don't have the answer on this. Yeah, well, he doesn't, he does not need his hat, his security blanket when he's with Betty. No. Um, so he's fine with casually taking it off. I like that choice. It makes sense for the character. Just like in the last episode, we didn't t- talk about it, but Betty's not using wearing a ponytail. No. Uh, they, and it's the same type of thing. Okay, so they decide they need to go talk to Dr. Curdle and see if he has anything in the coroner's office. Have to romantic, which... more romantic words ever been spoken? No. <laughs> that was cute. It was because... cute. Although I did, I did question, do they really need to, like, make out right here? Yeah. Right here? Yeah. I uh, guess. That's what you do. You make out at school. All right, we go over to the prison. You're bunking with mad dog. Okay, this is where I started to get truly offended. I was mad. I was mad about all this. We meet mad dog, which is an African-American cellmate of Archie. His side of the cell has lots of books a TV. He's got a record playing going. Mad Dog is doing pull-ups. And Archie's just like, hi, I'm Archie. How like, how long have you been here? Like, I know we're going to be cellmates. And Mad Dog stops what he's doing. He turns off the music, grabs a book, lays down on his bed, and just looks at Archie and says, nice shoes. Keep them tied real tight. That's the end of this scene. We cut back over to the school and Veronica is talking to Mr. Weatherby and she's just saying, hey, I'm going to step in as a student body president. And Mr. Weatherby says, you know, I'm sorry. Somebody else has already asked to do that. They're already petitioning for it. To which Veronica is like, what? Who? Like she's incredulous. Cut to the girls locker room. Why the fuck do they have to be in the locker room? Because... I don't know. I was getting a little angry about how much body shit there's, we were doing with the ladies. There's a lot of bullshit. Funny costuming moment. That's the exact same bra that Cheryl was wearing the last time she was in. The, the, we saw her in the locker room huh. when, she, when she was massaging Josie. It was creepy. Yeah. Yeah, it was the same stuff. Cheryl is... I, I, I do like this. Who would you have lead us through the super dark times of junior year? Ethel Muggs. Which I wanted Ethel Muggs. Yeah. I wanted her as the runner, probably, most likely, we don't know for sure, the runner up to Archie to get to be president. I thought that would have been a great play for her character. I wanted Ethel Muggs to, to play that. and and That's not where they went. No, it was, again, missed opportunity. I like what they did with Ethel instead. I yeah, really do. It's it's okay, but it keeps her like a sad person and whatever. We do have a nice little bit of, of dialogue with Josie there because she is there getting dressed in the locker room. It's just like, you know, when JFK was shot, Jackie O didn't become cr- president. Lyndon B. Johnson did. And Josie's like, and then he led us into Vietnam. I'm just saying. And then she walks away. I mean, technically not true. We were already in Vietnam with JFK, but whatever. 
He pushed all the chips in. More importantly to me was the fact that Cheryl was comparing herself to LBJ, which I was like, no, true, ruthless, willing to do anything to her enemies to get what she politically wants. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's Cheryl. Cheryl's just saying, you know, I get it. I sympathize to a point, but I need this for my college applications a lot more than Archie does. And that might be true, but that's such... Dude, it's just shitty writing. Like, it's just shitty. And it's junior year. You're not applying for colleges. Also, yet. you're in a fucking motorcycle gang. Like, you're in a gang. I don't... How How do you think that's going to go when you try to be student body president, Cheryl? It just doesn't make sense. <laughs> so we go back to the prison, and now we're in the prison yard. And Archie, you know, goes up to a table of serpents, and he's like, do you mind if I sit with you guys? And he flashes his ink with his sleeve, which... Okay, that's a thing. And we get a guy who says, you know, um, that's fresh ink. Who gave it to you? And Archie explains, uh, F.P. Jones did, and his son Jughead made me a ser- serpent and said I could hang out with you guys. And then we hear, you're no serpent, Archie. And in walks Joaquin, looking so cute. <laughs> I love Joaquin. And we get this back and forth, and Joaquin just lays it out. He's Mr. Clean Cut All-American. Nope, he's not a serpent. But if you want to sit with us... You can go shiv that ghoulie. And he pulls out a shiv. And Archie's just like, uh, no, I'm not doing this. Hey, they could have done so much better with Joaquin here. Do better by him. No, I'm fine with Joaquin. I don't like the shiving. Why did we go straight to the shiving? Why can't it's like, go beat up that ghoulie? Why? Like, it could have just been, go punch him out. Yeah. Like, knock him out. Like, like, could we have kept the stakes lower? Because you've started with shiving. Where do we go from here? Well, also, my, my question is... How did Jughead and FP not get in touch with somebody there that's with the serpents to get him actually protected? Joaquin would have been the go-between for that, right? Well, I don't know. I don't care. And also, why is Joaquin in juvie? He I was at he Riot was, Night. I thought I know, but I thought he was older. So why is he in juvie? Because he's not older. I guess so. Still stupid. Archie says, no, it's not going to happen. I don't need your protection that bad. So he walks away and some other guys start whistling at him and telling him he has nice shoes. All right. Oh, look, inconspicuous dead body. Yeah. And creepy new mortician. Dr. Curdle. No, I'm his son. <laughs> and, and, and his name tag literally says Dr. Curdle Jr. <laughs> this is a good bit. I enjoy it a lot. It was okay. It was a little bit ridiculous. Dr. Curdle died. Yeah, he's creepy, but he's, he understands the deal, so he's all about, like, did you bring the money? Okay. He feels less intensely creepy as his dad and just more- Incidentally yeah. creepy. Yeah, he's like, well, I just grew up with my dad, so hi, I'm Mr. Creepy too. This is just the deal. <laughs> okay, so he tells us that the toxicology report revealed levels of cyanide in Doily's blood- and that the surviving boy, so Ben, didn't drink enough to finish the job. The body did show signs of stress, and then Duh. and then they showed us the carvings in the back. Jug had asked to take a picture with a film camera. Yeah, you I have, wasn't going to mention it till we got to the dark room, but I was like, you have an iPhone, but okay. God, Jug. I mean, he does. He has a typewriter. He. If ever there was somebody who was going to use a film camera, it's Jughead. But it's, but it's dumb. dumb. Anyways, they figured out the blue lips came from the cyanide was mixed with a sugary drink called Fresh Aid, blueberry flavored. Yeah, instead of Kool Aid. Uh, or Flavor Aid, grape flavored. But what's weird is that Dr. Curdle keeps going and he says, you know, there's something familiar about this. Dimly familiar. I'm not sure what it was. It's darker than what happened with Jason Blossom or what the Black Hood did. I feel like what we're looking at here is the true face of evil. Oh, look, Stephen King true detective reference. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Riverdale. Then we cut to Jughead. He's developing the film in the dark room, and we're just focusing on these runic symbols. Okay, cool. He's confused. And then we cut to the prison music room where Archie's rocking out with a guitar. No, Archie's playing the blues. He's playing the blues. He's doing great. And a bunch of guys show up, and they're just like, hey, do you remember us? And Archie's like, no. We were there when the when you called the cops at the drag race. And Archie's just like, ghoulies, crap. No fucking shit, dumb, dumb Archie. This head ghoulie is maybe the worst, the worst actor I've ever seen on this series, and that's saying something. I don't know, because all of the lines they gave him were appalling. They were 
but he didn't do but he did nothing with them (laughs) he just stood because they were that bad he just looked pretty he does have good hair and then just kind of stared blankly and sort of said the lines intensely a little bit. Mm-hmm. So they tell him, we just want your shoes. And she's like, what? And they start pounding on him. And then he, the dude says, don't touch his face. Smart. Yeah, smart. No, that's, that's... They don't They don't want to get caught for it later. Of course not. It's Archie Andrews. So then we cut to the meeting room at the prison. And Veronica's there visiting Archie. And Archie's like... Being awkward. Why are you sitting that way? I'm just a little sore. From what? Uh, Working out. There's an amazing gym here. To which I will say, Archie finally learned how to lie. (laughs) Because that is the most convincing lie he's ever given. Well, sort of, except Veronica doesn't believe it. She's just kind of like, no, the next line she doesn't believe, where are your shoes? Uh, They took them along with my clothes. Those doesn't make any sense. Whatever, Veronica, just tell me about Riverdale. What am I missing? How's the new speakeasy? (laughs) Nice pivot. What's nice it? pivot. He he did. He redirected that very well. <laughs> to, to which she's just like, huh. We go back to the blue and gold office and Betty's making a phone call. She's calling the hospital. She's checking on Ben. Ben He's, Button. Ben Button. Fuck you. Hey, we're really into alliteration here, okay? I mean, it could be worse. I've heard much worse in this episode. Oh, it's worse with this girl we just meet who's spying on her. I'm Evelyn. Evelyn Evernever. Well, we knew about Evelyn Evernever. We, we knew already, but it's still horrible. Okay, Evelyn bad. Evernever is from the comics. That yes, that I can deal with. But Ben Button is is another one of those ugh, stupid references. Evelyn apparently has been listening in on Betty, and she's just like, we didn't formally meet. I was there with you know your mom and your sister. They're studying with my dad, Edgar Evernever. Yeah, that's right. So I go to school here, and I just wanted to say hi, and then I'm not going to tell anybody what happened the other night, to which Betty's eyes go, what the fuck? <laughs> what are you talking about? Um, well, your seizure. Like, how are you feeling? And it just, uh, Evelyn just keeps referencing it, and Betty, like, her Betty Drew sense is just going off, because she's just like, um, I have to go visit a friend in the hospital. <laughs> and Evelyn's just like, I understand. That girl's creepy. I love yeah. it. Love it. <laughs> we needed a creepy girl. We've had a lot of creepy dudes. We need a creepy girl. We cut to the hallway, and Kevin goes up and tries to give Hamoose the smooch. And Moose freaks out. It's like, dude, what are you doing? My dad is over there. Why is your dad there? Uh, he's going to be the new RROTC instructor. He's making me sign up. And then we hear his dad say, hey, Cadet Mason, on time is late. Let's go. Room 302. Thank you. And Moose starts walking away. He's like, I'll talk to you later, Kev. And Kev is just disappointed he's very sad moose is not ready moose to be public about is this. most definitely in the closet with his father oh yeah and probably most of the school i i have a feeling that like a lot of people knew something about moose but his family definitely doesn't know we go over to pops and cheryl walks in with her posse and they sit down oh veronica that's right you work here now i'll have a cherry phosphate and curly fries i don't work here i own it <laughs> And then Veronica tells Cheryl that she's no longer welcome there. To which, okay, this is one of the most amazing Cheryl lines. You can't discriminate against somebody because they're better looking than you. (laughs) It's it's just great. I love it. And I have to give Veronica credit here because this is one of the few lines she has that isn't horrible. Cheryl, you're acting like trash. I don't want to get a citation. Nice. Nice. Cheryl recognizes game. Fixins, leave us be. Okay. So they talk. (laughs) And, okay, Veronica's mad. Cheryl's like, I get why you're mad, but you should be doing something more productive. Which is fair. Cheryl's right about this. Oh, like what? Uh, Like, you should be trying to get your boyfriend out of prison. And then she references the Innocence Project. I looked into it when I was accused of JJ's murder. Maybe you should check it out. Which, okay, this is something that this show does consistently. Somebody gives reasonable advice, but it's so poorly delivered that it's brushed off. Oh, let's talk about a very important social movement that that doesn't even do what they're talking about. Like, (laughs) it's just... First of all, Archie didn't go to jail for murder. He went for manslaughter. The Innocence Project probably isn't going to take that case. No, especially because he pled to it. Yeah. It feels so icky, especially with all the shit in prison with the white savior bullshit. 
It just feels bad. White Savior, and I'm going to go ahead and say the trope of the magical Negro, too. Yeah. With Mad Dog. Yeah. It's awful Yeah, what they do with his it's character. Not good. What they What they tend to do is just shove in some sort of social reference or some sort of social impact reference, like just crudely hammer it into an episode mm-hmm. just to be like, oh, we can name drop this here. Yeah. Instead of thinking, how can we naturally build this idea? Because it's not a bad idea to go with the Innocence Project, quote unquote. Maybe Riverdale that name up a little bit so that, you know, it makes sense for that world. Maybe. But So you don't... know who they're referencing without actually saying it because they love to do that, especially with the, I'm going to TJI Thursdays. Well, see, but that's fun and fine. I guess I understand not wanting to Riverdale the name Innocence Project because it is an amazing organization and it's really important. But why are you shoehorning it in, dropping a couple of references later instead of making this an actual subplot? If you want to make an impact by talking about this, make it an actual fucking thing in the show. And let's not do it about a white character who happens to go to prison. Yeah, the optics are really bad. Even I know that. So we go to the hospital. Jughead and Betty are there to see Ben. Uh, they run into Mrs. Button and they're like, hey, we, we wanted to check on Ben. And she's very suspicious. How do you guys know Ben? And Jughead's like, from school. And I used to work at the drive-in with him, which is actually true. Yeah. No. Like, he's not lying. And so they kind of asked if, you know, what's been going on with Ben. And Mrs. Button just, like, lays it out. He's always been a bit of an odd duck. Especially after his piano teacher was murdered. Womp womp. Yeah, he was totally sleeping with Miss Grundy. But both and both Jack. Betty and Jughead go, mm-hmm. And she's like, but this summer he became friends with Dilton and he became a different person. He was sneaking out at all hours and having nightmares. And while she's explaining this, Jughead noticed like this stick doll figure a la Blair Witch Project on the door handle. And so... Jughead picks it up. He goes, hey, do you know how long this has been here? How it got here? Mrs. Button references, oh, that nice girl from school must have left it. I don't remember her name, but she wore a bow in her hair. And Betty and Jughead just look at each other. I'm like, mm-hmm. In yeah. walks Sheriff Manetta. Jughead, Betty, I don't know how Keller ran things when he was sheriff, but I won't let a couple of teenagers compromise an active murder investigation. Jughead's like, active murder investigation? You might want to let the rest of the town know that point jughead and then we get a deputy apparently an adventure scout has gone missing from dilton doily's troop Ooh, things are not good for Minetta right now nope we go over to hermione's mayor office and veronica's there because she wants to start a chapter of the innocence project here in riverdale madam mayor i do like that yeah that, that was kind of cute and they just kind of go back and forth hermione gives in and says, oh, fine, I'll, we'll get the letter drafted. And Veronica's like, wonderful. I'm also accepting donations. Veronica's learned basically nothing. She's no. doing to her mom what she used to do to her dad. Yeah. That's not going to work. So we go over to the doghouse. Hey. Hi. Hi, Ethel. <laughs> Does this look familiar? So we get good cop, bad cop. Yeah. Jughead's bad cop. Ethel just freaks out. What are you doing here? Where did you get that? I don't have to tell you anything. You're not the police. And so she tries to go. And Betty and Dick are like, look, we're just trying to figure out what happened to Ben and Dilton and the missing scout. And like, who's the gargoyle king? Ethel freaks out. You know, how do you know about that? Jughead explains what happened with Dilton. Is like, is that what this thingy is? And she's like, no, I made that talisman to protect Ben. And Betty's like, how do you know him? He's my boyfriend. I've never seen you two together. We started well, dating the summer. And we spent all of our time in the bunker. A bunker? Wait, huh? It was Dilton in the woods. And Jug is like, so Dilton has a, a bunker in the woods? And I was like, yeah. And, and Betty just And Betty these. just kind of like rolls her eyes and is like, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> so, okay. They're like, okay, where is it? It's too hard to describe. Okay, can you show us? Because it's either us or Sheriff Mineta. Because Jughead is seriously rolling his eyes at this point. He has no patience for Ethel's bullshit right now, which is enjoyable. On the other hand, I Betty... I like this dynamic. I think Betty on the other side is just being like, Jug, shut the fuck up and just let her talk. <laughs> so Ethel's like, okay, we can go, but it has to be at night. And do you guys know where Fox Footbridge is? So we cut over to the prison and, you know, Archie's back in his cell being all sore. 
Mad Dog is talking about, you know, hey, I tried to warn you. Ghoulies really like their sneakers. Aren't you a serpent? And it's like, you know, why aren't they looking out for you? And Archie says, because I wouldn't shiv a ghoulie. Mad Dog's like, why? And Archie's just like, that is just not who I am. And Mad Dog goes on to explain that you're going to lose your humanity in here. So you better do what you need to do to survive. And Archie does ask, he's, what about you? You're not a ghoulie, you're not a serpent, and nobody messes with you, and you have all this stuff in here when no other prisoner does. And Mad Dog's just like, you don't want to know, and you don't want to get tapped. Just take my advice and be the animal before they kill you like one. And Mad Dog gets up, and Mad Dog is wearing Vans. Mm -hmm. Archie's in Adidas, he's in Vans. And later on, we're going to see that the serpents, Joaquin specifically, is wearing high-top converse. He's apparently the prison footwear of the day. I, I wanted to just not even talk about this scene. Yeah, this is more bullshit. Be an animal. Well, yeah. fuck you. No. Fuck you. That's not how prison works. No. It's not. Not that fast. We go over to the Cooper house. Alice is there with FP, and they're just, the second Jughead and Betty walk in, they just start yelling at them. Sheriff Mineta called, what is wrong with you? Stop snooping around Ben Button's hospital room. And then Betty and Jughead are trying to argue with them and saying, like, look, something weird's going on. Dilton came for me to help. We owe him. You don't owe him anything. Boy, you don't owe him anything. <laughs> okay, the way they just pounced, before we got get to the scene at the end of the episode, you can already tell that Alice and FP are in cahoots and they're trying to hide something. Well, they're not nearly as intense as they normally might be. This is not normal FP Alice being like, no, boy. No, because they are in cahoots. Yeah, I know. They have planned for this. No, I know. Context um, is key on this episode. Alice lets it slip that this is Jughead's fault because she doesn't need to have another seizure. And Jughead's like, what? A, a seizure? And Betty just runs upstairs and Thanks, Jughead Mom. tries to follow him and Alice blocks him. She's like, FP! And I love FP. He's like, don't even think about it, boy. We're going home. <laughs> it's very cute. I really, I love this dynamic. It's very enjoyable to me. Okay, we go back to the prison meeting room. And this time Veronica's brought Reggie. <sighs> so they bring him new Adidas. But they're specifically Riverdale Adidas. They are blue with yellow laces. I hate this so much. This is so bad. Because they're just just being obnoxious. Bros. Shut up, hot Squidward. Nobody cares. (laughs) Go away. (laughs) He's literally there complaining about his football team because Archie's not there. And then Archie gets an idea. Yeah. That's a literally... really stupid fucking idea. All right. So Archie steps back out into the prison yard with his new kicks. And everybody is just like, is this guy for real? I love this. Look, Joaquin is your boy. <laughs> we get like, I, this is the worst speech ever. I want to live. If we weren't here, we'd be in high school, enjoying clubs, trying out for sports. Not me. I dropped out in fourth grade to run drugs to support my Nana. What the fuck is that? That line delivery. I dropped out in the fourth grade to run drugs for my Nana. The only thing that tops that is, that means you haven't known the triumphs, defeats, the epic highs and lows of high school football. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Football sucks. Just going to say it. Football um, doesn't necessarily suck. KJ Appa suck. cannot say epic with, epic. A, with an American accent. <laughs> and this is all bullshit because then Mad Dog comes and is like, kids got a point. We keep killing each other. They're the only ones that win. Blah, blah, blah. MVP gets my new sneakers. Bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. Thank you. We're at the Cooper house and Betty's in her bed. And Alice comes in to apologize about revealing her seizure. I just love... If this is some weird tea from the farm, it's chamomile, Betty. Calm down. Yeah. And it, this is just a nice, like, this is a genuine apology from Alice. Yes. But she just says, you know, I'm just really scared what happened to you, and I want you to be safe. Okay, good night. She goes. Betty locks her door and sneaks out of the house. Betty Drew is back on the case. Cut two in the woods with Jug. Explains and, her seizure yeah. and mostly the fact that she was embarrassed. And Dr. Patel said it was probably just stress. Which, you know, that makes sense. And Jughead's like, so I asked you to investigate a double suicide slash murder? 
investigating with you right now is the least stressful thing I can think of, basically. <laughs> Which is fair. And they're like, oh, and it reminds us from when we first started dating. Aww. Lame. And then creepy tree demon. Yeah, the gargoyle king comes out and we see blood on his face. And Bray's like, Jug, do you see that? Yeah, I do. Okay, run. <laughs> so they run. A nice little commercial break, and then we show back up at Pops, and we're looking at the map that Dilton gave Jughead. And Jughead's, again, I think Cole's doing a great job in this. He's got a toothpick in his mouth. Jug's got way more interesting this season. I like it. I think what probably happened is Cole had a moment of realization of, I just got the shit beat out of me and nearly died. Now I can kind of just reinvent my character. A little bit. He he can go and take that and be like, what can I do new? Because I can just go. Well, and, and they've got his character doing the detective thing. So he's leaning into that very well. And I enjoy that. There's that. And also, I feel like he's been able to let go of the baggage that his character held from season one. So now Jughead's able to be a little more comic book Jughead than he was early on when we had to have sad brooding Jughead. Now, be real, it's coming back as soon as his mom and his sister show it's up. It's going to be different, and that's fine. But for now, yeah, he's he's in a good place. So they're they're going over this map. They're like, well, we know that wasn't Ethel, because there's no way she could run that fast. And she's not that tall, unless yeah, she was on stilts. stilts. But she's not answering her phone. So they're looking at the map, and they're like, okay, so this is where I found Ben and Dilton with these symbols. And then there's this one here. It doesn't make sense. Maybe if, what if that's the drawing for the hatch that leads underground? I mean, it's it's next to where Ethel wanted us to meet. And they're like, all right, let's go looking. So I have one complaint about this storyline. Mm -hmm. And it's that, why have you not tried to figure out what the fucking runes mean? That should be the first thing you figure out, guys. Yeah, that should have been the first thing you tried. Like, I, we needed a couple lines of like, I've been looking at them, but I can't find anything that matches close enough. And then be like, okay, fine. That's that's the first mystery to solve, because that will start telling you all the crap about the Gargoyle King. We go over to the prison, and Archie tells Veronica that this game is fully sanctioned, and you know who really needs a pep rally? These boys. And they both get smiles on their faces. Then we cut over to the locker room. Veronica's talking to Cheryl and says, I've reconsidered your bid for presidency, but I need your help. And they both smile. Then we cut over to Pops. And... Kevin's getting some food to go, and he runs right into Moose in his uniform, and is like, oh, hey, handsome. And Moose is just like, hey, I'm I'm here to just hang out with the ROTC guys. I'll see you at school tomorrow. And that's when Kevin goes, are you ashamed of me? And he looks really pissed, which is not entirely unfair. I don't see him pissed. I see him just exasperated. Just like, do you just, it's a little, are you ashamed of this? It's a little bit of both. But then Moose is like, no, I'm. I'm just with the guys. I'll talk to you later. Which is also true. I understand both of these character situations. Absolutely. Which is why I love it. Kevin really just wants this to be a full-on mm -hmm. relationship and yeah. just to get to be normal Kevin. And Moose is just like, I'm not ready for this he, right now. He wants to do all the high school relationship stuff that everybody else gets to do. Exactly. So next we go to the prison cell. And Archie and Mad Dog are working out in their cell, and <sighs> Mad Dog can't go to the football game because the warden says that he has other business. And then we find out that he has a mom, a little brother, and a sister. And a girl named Liz. Oh, a girl. I kept thinking that was a sister, but yeah, it's probably his Which girlfriend. I bet you Liz comes back around. I don't know about that. And we find out that he they used to come visit him on Saturdays, but then the warden says no, and that was two years ago, and that next month he's being transferred to a real prison where he'll spend 20 years. Why? Why, yeah, why? Why are you in here? Like, this is so fucking stupid. It means nothing. Uh, we go back to the forest. There's a hatch. It's lost. I felt I felt very lost. I just love that they get there. Jughead makes all this sound, and then he looks at Betty and goes, yeah, I'll go first. <laughs> yeah. When I get down there, it's creepy. They're playing griffins and gargoyles. They've got miniatures. This is clearly where they were playing this game. I don't particularly like the satanic panic D&D &D angle they went here. Only because after getting involved in the RP TTRPG community, I'm like, that's not the point. But I understand Monsters the plot Monsters are a classic element of original D&D &D games. 
Yeah, I get but it. That's not all of it anymore. I, you know, we haven't seen enough of this to know, and so we'll see. Like, we'll we'll see how far they go with this with the game aspect. I just don't want them to turn full mazes and monsters with this, like, make it really hacky, 80s, satanic panic crap. Yeah, but I'm kind of okay with that. They did it well on Stranger Things, so it Maybe. just depends on their execution. Well, in Stranger Things, it was more empowering. My concern is that, you know... What they're going to say is, these kids were playing this game and got in too deep and they all started killing each other. And I was like, no, 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 no. Don't do that because that's not cool. All right. So we we see all of the paraphernalia, you know, oh, there's a drawing of what looks like the Gargoyle King, which it doesn't really, but I, you know, whatever. And then we get, apparently there's a coin with him on it. There's a sign that says drink from the correct cup. And we see the cyanide and the fresh aid stuff. And they're like, oh, this was a challenge. So like... Maybe it was suicide, like, I don't know. And Betty goes to investigate. There's a cot, and she looks under it, and a scout jumps out at her. Little The little missing scout. Well, it looks like a zombie at first. Kind of, like, because he's wearing camouflage makeup. What the fuck is this creepy thing? Yeah. So we have a little commercial break, and then we come back, and the scout is eating out of a can. This is nice. This is cute. I did really like this. Betty and Jack are like, don't you know your folks are worried about you? And the scout is just like, I'm supposed to stay hidden until Master Doily comes back. Uh, he's dead. That's a lie. No, he's not. I'm sorry. <laughs> Were you playing Griffin and Gargoyles with Dilton? And the scout says, I was his apprentice and he was teaching me how to play so I could join the gang. And Betty and Jughead then start asking about Ben and Ben's girlfriend, Ethel Muggs. And the scout tells us some very fun information. Yes, but Princess Etheline isn't dating Ben in real life, only in the game. And I love Betty's face at that. She's like, oh my god. It's just great. Okay, but the thing is, is that this has gotten super real. Mm -hmm. And I don't know where that line is being drawn for those two. We don't know. Exactly. I I think... They believe for sure that they are dating. That doesn't mean that anybody else thinks they are. Ethel believes that they are, in fact, dating. And Ben's know about Ben. Well, Ben's completely zonked out of his fucking mind, so. He had cyanide, so there you go. Yeah. All right, well, game's over, and Jughead just says, I guess we got to pay another visit to Princess Ethelene. Yay, prison football. Hut, hut. Playing, playing. Archie's good at football. And then... Enter River Vixens. The worst fucking thing they have ever done. I complained about this on our instant take on our Patreon. This is so disgusting because it is purely played for the male gaze. Yeah, it's meat market. It is disgusting. It's a fucked up rape culture And also, okay, they all are wearing a two-piece cheerleading costume. Josie's is the only one that is cut so that she always has a midriff showing. Uh huh. Which is really fucking disgusting. Yeah. I got no answers. I'm. This is so bad. The only thing I can say is that this is one of the few times where they have done a song well. Though Madeline Pench needs to stop over pronouncing her mouth when she's lip syncing. All of you girls need to learn to goddamn lip sync. Just learn. That's an editing problem. But Madeline Hench is over-enunciating with her mouth. Because the singing is good. The singing is good. The it sounded is great. great. I would have loved to have seen this as a pep rally at the actual school. They should have done it with them at the actual school, cutting in back and forth to what's going on at the prison. But no, they do it this way, so it's really gross with a bunch of boys in prison humping a fence for these girls, which is disgusting. Yeah, it's really it's awful. It's so gross. So, and cool. again, we've, tone deaf. We've made a wonderfully awful episode even worse. Yeah. So in the middle of that, Hiram rolls up, and the way he gets out of that car and takes off his glasses, that is a great shot. You get points for that, Riverdale. <laughs> And we find out that the warden is in his pocket. No way. big fucking deal. And that he's made it so that Veronica will no longer be allowed to visit Archie. So Veronica goes back. 
Uh, defies they, her father. They finish their song, and as soon as they're done with their song, Hiram nods at the warden, and the warden tells all of the prison guards, stop the riot. And all of the guards come out and start beating the shit out of all of the prisoners, and yeah. Archie punches back, and the warden is watching him closely. Yeah. And he is smiling, and it is creepy as fuck. Archie is led back to his cell, which is now empty. All of Mad Dog's stuff is gone, and Mad Dog's gone. And Archie starts asking, where is him? What happened to his stuff? And the guard says, didn't you hear? Mad Dog died in the prison riot that you started. Lock the door. <sighs> it's, just, it's just bad. So bad for so many reasons. Cut back to Pops. Pops, and Veronica is complaining to Cheryl. She's just like, you know, when is this going to end with my dad? You know, he's obsessed with keeping me and Archie apart. Cool. And that's I, what you're worried about. Not the fact that your your boyfriend just got the shit beat out of him. Well, you know, Archie's relatively tough. Cheryl does actually say, you know, you just need to get a new name. Before leaving on my iconic road trip to California with Tony, Reggie got his fake ID so we can get into the Viper Room. Nobody fucking cares about the Viper Room. That hasn't been a thing since 1994. Like, nobody gives a fuck about the Viper Room. Well, you've got a bunch of Gen Xers writing for teenagers. Uh, it's so gross. Anyways. Why does Cheryl always need a premise for her, her shit? Like, every time she introduces some new thing, it's always, well, when this thing happened, that was when I came up with this idea. I just don't care. Right? I just, better. I just don't care. So we go back to the doghouse. Hey. Hi. Uh, Dang it. I forget every time now. Just in trouble. Betty, Drew, and Jughead are there to talk to Ethel. You blew us off, Ethel. And you knew where the missing adventure scout was, and you didn't even say anything. And also, you and Ben aren't dating. Yes. Yes, we are. We're in love. <laughs> no, Ethel, you were playing a game. A role playing. And I, I do like this. Ethel goes, it was, it, that's what you don't get. It was more real than you Philistines will ever understand. I mean, Philistines is not exactly the right word, but I do like that it's being bandied about. <laughs> and so they they just kind of start being really, not really mean, but just like, you're lying. You have to stop lying. So we're going to take a little trip down to Sheriff Mineta. And, and then the worm turns. Ethel starts going, look, if any of us talk to any grownups, he's going to be very, very angry. He's going to be angry. Look at what happened to Dilton. And he tried to talk to you. And then he and her arm instantly seizes up into a claw-like. Her eyes roll back. Her arm seizes up, goes over her head, and she goes into a seizure. But the thing I'm thinking is somebody's grabbing her. Yeah, almost. That's almost what it seems like. And then, you know, Betty's like, oh, my God, Ethel, Ethel. And Jughead starts getting on the phone and we hear him calling the ambulance. And Evelyn is standing in the room and she is making very direct eye focus on Ethel. Mm. And Betty sees this. Mm. Ethel Barb is back in the upside down, guys. <laughs> Always. She will never not be Barb. We go back to prison. Again. We're in the meeting room, but this time Archie is meeting with Monica Posh. Oh, okay. She's... I know you hate this. I think it's actually pretty good. Okay. It is so comic booky. It really is. It is. But it's so badly done. And her name is Monica Posh, which I first heard is Monica Push. It's like, okay, Monica rhymes with Veronica and Lodge push as her actions. was like, no, it's Monica Posh. Fuck, this is just bad. No, this see? is just bad. I was trying, I was trying to like rationalize it, but it's just bad. See, it went past bad into I kind of love it territory. I, it. I, th I think it's the wig and then the kerchief over the wig that I find so obnoxious. Look, it's obnoxious. I won't deny that. But for this show, it's, it's one of those, no. okay, giggle, giggle. This is this is cute, and I like it. No. So she's there with Riverdale's new chapter of The Innocent Project. And Archie just smiles. We get over to room 302 at the school, and it's RROTC time. And Kevin Keller has shown up in full uniform. Is it too late to join? You're Tom Keller's boy. I did ROTC with him back in the day. And so Kevin sits down and he looks at Moose and Kevin's just like, mm -hmm. and, and Moose kind of is like, okay, like it's sort of Moose. Also, Moose has that look. And at the same time, the look of, oh, oh man, I don't know about this. And, and with Kevin, I know he just wants to be able to hang around and be around Moose. But what really got Kevin was Moose saying, I'm just with the guys. Kevin doesn't have guys. 
He doesn't have anybody. And it's not to say he doesn't have friends like Betty or Jughead or Archie, but he he doesn't have an identity at school other than the gay guy. What about the wrestling team, though? I guess. Well, we, I mean, it may not be wrestling season anymore. It's a new school year. That's true. Open up. <sighs> Back at the prison. And this time, the warden's there to visit Archie. So the warden comes in. Complains about all the men Archie sent to the infirmary, and Archie goes right into, where's Mad Dog? What'd you do? There's no way he could have died at the riot. And the warden just says, you need to save that righteous anger. You're going to need it. You impressed me. You have what it takes. You've been tapped. And he taps his shoulder. You're going to be my new Mad Dog. And he leaves. That's creepy as fuck. Mm-hmm. It's really creepy. Yeah. Okay, so now we go into a really weird, <laughs> weird scene, which... I'm actually really on board for it. It's an amazing scene. Uh, what are you talking about? I'm, I'm really on board. So we go to the mayor's office, and Hermione's talking to a group of people. It's like, I've gathered you here. And some of us are sworn enemies, but we made a vow in high school. And we see all of the adults. We've got Hiram. We've got Tom. We've got Sierra. We've got Penelope. We've got Alice. We've got Fred. We've got FP. We've got everybody. Everyone. Except for Hal. Yeah, he's in jail. He's in jail. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there you go. Hermione, because she's like, look, now that we have the scout back safe and sound, thank God, we can only assume that he'll start talking. And whatever he might say might lead back to us and all those secrets we buried. And Fred is like, why are you talking about this, Hermione? (laughs) This hasn't made public yet, but Dilton Doily and Ben Button were found in the woods with blue lips. Dilton is dead. Ben is a coma. And Sierra's like, well, can't you keep Sheriff Mineta on a leash? Keep him quiet? We do control Mineta, but Jughead found the body. So, like, all the parents are, like, cutting back and in. It's like, you know how I love cra- FP's like, you know how crazy our kids parents. are, Jughead? And Betty like, might go find it anyway. And, you know, even Tom is like, you know, we promise not to mention it or even think about it. And my vote is we stick to that. Hermione's like, we may not have that luxury, Tom. Not if it's happening again. Not if it's our children. All our children. They're in danger. What the fuck did your parents do? They're the reason for the Gargoyle King. This bullshit. Uh-huh. I love it. <laughs> I kinda... Okay. Here's what I love. Because we do know that the flashback episode is coming with the kids playing the parents. This is an amazing setup. And they rarely do this well. And so I'm really excited for them. They hooked me right back in. I was like. After all this bullshit. I know. I know. They did this scene and I went. It's like, fuck you people. This is great. Okay, so we go over to the hospital. Jughead and Betty are there with Mrs. Muggs. Ethel's resting. And they're both just talking like, this doesn't make sense. You know, like, this seizures can't be contagious. And they're like, maybe it's all the same mystery. Do you want to go check on Ben while we're here? Yeah, yeah. let's go do that. It was like, may- you know, maybe what happened to Ethel helping the Dilton. And- yeah. Should we go check on Ben? Yeah. <laughs> so they go to Ben's room and Ben is sitting in the window oh, with, the, with, with the window open. And they're like, what are you doing? Uh, no, come on, come on, come on. And Ben is just like, I'm going to go be with Dilton now. We both flipped the coin. He was scared to ascend, but I'm not. What What about Princess Ethelene? We'll be reunited in the kingdom. One day all of us will be. This was part of his plan. You'll see. And so they all go like they try to lunge towards Ben. He goes, you'll fly too. And he falls out the window. And that like that happened. I was like, fuck you. Fuck everybody. You have not earned that cheap ass reference. Fuck you. The scene was so good right up to that line. It really was. Yeah. It was a cool weird eerie moment and he really did play it well like yeah oh he did I, he did I, great I you know everyone did great the line is the problem if they wanted to drop a reference you know what he should have said mm-hmm. it's all for you boom yeah that would have worked from the that would have been better that would have been just, creepier you'll and... see just you'll see and fall anything you'll fly too is so cheap and bad it just ru- it ruins the whole moment i know it was, I... It was a mood killer riverdale Ugh. Ugh. What an emotional roller coaster of an episode. I know, but like, I'm I'm just so excited now. Like, I'm ex- I'm, get, I'm getting really like hyped up. And yet I know I'm gonna have to slog through until Archie's out of prison. This is gonna be painful. Even painful. then, I don't I don't know that it's gonna be over after that point. Well, well, you know, when we went through our titles, I think we guessed about episode four he'd be out four or five no i think it's gonna be much later we talked about outbreak 
Yeah, but I think Archie's going to be out. I don't think he's going to break out of the prison. Uh. But you know who might break out of prison? Hal. <laughs> I, I, I was thinking about it. I was like, maybe it's Hal that breaks out of prison. That'd be fun. All right. Well, this is where we're going to do our little spiel before you hear music. And then we talk about watching the next time on. If you're not ready to become a Patreon member and get access to our instant takes on our Riverdale drive through episodes every Friday, beep, beep. we'd ask that you go to whatever podcatcher you use and review and rate us. That's a great way to help boost us. And it's a wonderful way to support us. And it only takes a little bit of your time. All right. So if you're done, we'll see you next time. Otherwise, wait till after the music oh my god <laughs> it's, it's okay so we're gonna get a lot more farm information from Ev- Evelyn Evernever Betty can give her testimony barf Archie's going to enter a gladiator-style boxing competition. It's Prison Fight Club. Yeah, it's Prison Fight Club. Okay. That's Uh, what getting tapped means. Reggie and Veronica are going to spend some time together. Ooh. Josie's going to perform, it appears. Yay. I like it when Josie performs. At the speakeasy, I'm guessing. That's cool. FP and Alice are burning shit. FP and Alice are having sex. FP has a jelly bean tattoo on his chest. Oh. Yeah, it's cute. Tony's Uh, doing some investigating. Yeah. Cheryl is trying to usurp Jughead. She is sitting in his throne. She's sitting in in a recliner with the Jughead crown painted on it. Something's up. Like that, we had such a great opportunity to let Cheryl keep her personality of being really sassy and bitchy, but grow and not just be mean. I wouldn't read too much into that, though. That could just be Cheryl approaching Jughead and sitting on his throne. Yeah, which is really inappropriate, but it is Cheryl. It's Cheryl. Uh, She doesn't give a fuck. But I just get this vibe that she's just, nothing's changed with her except that she has a gang and a girlfriend. I don't know. Which I don't like. Like, you put her through a lot of shit. Let's show some growth as a person. Like, she's never not going to be bitchy and entitled. That's never changing. But don't be a horrible person. Because she's she's still kind of a horrible person right now. Okay. So still more prison, Archie. All right. I'm I'm excited for what happens next week. It'll It'll be fun. It's a good setup to episode four. Prison Fight Club might be the turn I need to stop souring on this crap for a while. I don't know. I think it's going to get bad. Until next time. Hashtag go Bulldogs. Thanks for listening. Be sure to review and rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcast. For questions, comments, and recommendations, you can email us at macintoshandmod at gmail.com or find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook.